Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Both hailing from parts unknown at a combined weight of 501 pounds. They are the Morning Rush Hour World Tag Team Champions. They have no fear, no back down, just a couple of gutsy guys. No one will take those MRH World Tag Titles from these men. It's Taz, it's the Moose, illustrious champions, right here every day on CBS Sports Radio. You know it's every day, Moose and Taz be picking away. Talking about every sport, you know that they never missing a play. From the NBA to the NFL, the college games. They always bring in the knowledge, nobody ever can try to go stop it. Only be talking the truth, only be talking the truth, hey. It is Taz and the Moose with you here on this Tuesday morning. We're coming to you live, Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. Connor, Mike, across the way, bogus your updates. 9 a.m. Eastern time we go. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. That is your number to call. And Taz spent a lot of hour number one talking about what was the the doozy of the game, the opener to Monday Night Football last night. What a game as the Saints had their way with the Texans 30-28. to Late 58-yard field goal by Will Lutz to win it for the New Orleans Saints. And then you get to the nightcap as the Raiders, the Oakland Raiders at home, have their way with the Denver Broncos. Led 14-0 at one point in time. It was 21-6. Win the game 24-16 and really... A highly efficient offensive night. Just four incompletions for Derek Carr as he throws for 259 yards. Jacobs, the rookie running back out of Alabama, had 85 yards on the ground, a couple touchdowns. Tyrell Williams was the receiving star, but he spread the football around where he had five, six, seven guys were able to catch passes from Derek Carr on the evening. Uh, It was a a tumultuous training camp, uh, tumultuous last, I would say, five days for the Oakland Raiders. And it had to be, feel good for that organization to get on the field and play the way they did because they played a really good game. You got to, man. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you think about the Oakland Raiders or John Gruden or, or Mike Mayock or whatever. You really have to tip your cap to these people and to this team, the football team itself for the Raiders, because you said tumultuous. It just it was the most uh, you know it, riveting situation. Mainstream media was all over what was going on with Antonio Brown and all this drama. And then the hard knocks throughout, you know, the, the curtains being pulled back and all this stuff that they dealt with, everything. And they, they signed up for the hard knocks, I get it. But I'm just saying, this was, for them to get a victory in yeah. week, in, in long-winded form, for them to get a victory over a team like the Broncos with a new head coach in Vic Fangio, who was, you know, with the Bears, top defense. He's the defensive guru, this guy. Okay, coaching for over 30 years in the NFL. To, to go in there. For Carr, like you said, to have 259 yards, Jacobs close to 100 yards rushing, and for them to win 24-16 with all the stuff that went on loose, yeah. you really got to tip your cap to them because of Fangio's defense to boot. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I, I, I don't disagree. And they were an easy easy team to root for last night uh, were the Oakland Raiders yeah. going up against the Denver Broncos. And, 
you know, Denver had their opportunities. Taz 14-3 game. Flacco hits his receiver right in their arms. Uh, you know, might have been a little throw, a little bit off, but this is the NFL. you got to make that catch. He drops it, kicks a field goal there. Raiders then take the ball, march down the field to make it a 21-6 game. Um, it is. It, it's a testament to that coaching staff, Taz. It's a ca- testament to that entire team that they were able to refocus themselves, get away from it. You know, you heard Derek Carr after the game basically says he wishes Antonio Brown all the best. Um, talent does reign supreme, but I think for Oakland, I I think they needed to get the stench out of the room, and I think those guys were able to kind of exhale last night for all of us to watch and play a a really good game. They weren't sloppy; they were crisp. Car looked great. Yeah. I mean, they looked like an efficient offense against a a Broncos defense that they're not the best unit in the NFL, but they're clearly not the worst either. Well, they're not the worst, but a guy like Von Miller there, and like I said, Vic Fangio is the guy. Chubb, I forgot about Chubb. Yeah, good point. I mean, so, you know, they're, they're legit. I mean, uh, but you're right about Carr. I mean, and he, and he played great. He took the high road by saying he wishes the best to A.B., and that's cool, you know, and, and uh, another cool thing about the Raiders, I don't think he played yesterday, but Keelan Doss is, is back with the Raiders. He was the kid from Alameda right from right, right from that area of Oakland, California there, and he ended up going to the Jaguars. They cut him, okay, after camp, they cut him, and then the Jaguars had him, and then once the stuff happened with Antonio Brown leaving, the Raiders tried to get him back. It didn't work. I think the Jaguars tried to up his money, and then it ended up a second shot. They took at him again, the Raiders with, with, with Keelan, and they got him, and now he's – it's a real good feel-good story. For those that watched the Oakland Raiders on Hard Knocks, this kid, Doss, was uh, was focused on there a lot. So uh, it's pretty cool that he's back on he's the back team. back with the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. So I, I, you know, I wanted to bring it up yesterday, but I didn't get a chance when we were on the air, so – but, um, yeah, it definitely was super impressive what they did. It would be the lonely game in town. Last game to end a week of, of the first week of the NFL, the Raiders uh, taking down the Broncos. Very impressive. And Derek Carr, uh, you know, and the thing, too, was the first drive of the game, throwing a touchdown. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and Josh Jacobs, as you said, running back, the rookie running back, uh, ran for two scores. I mean, it just to do that early. Early in the game, like for, for car to set, set a tone, set a tone. right, right, exactly. Agreed, agreed, and and he made a beautiful pass to Tyrell Williams yeah. uh, over the outstretched arm of a linebacker, yeah. uh, put it exactly where he needed to put it. Uh, it was a great touchdown pass, and I thought Carr, who's you know, been known as being a little bit of a risk taker, a gambler at the quarterback spot, uh, he was very, very efficient. Um, let's hear from John Gruden. Cut seven, Connor. Uh, here's Gruden after the victory. It really wasn't. I'm just going to tell you, there really wasn't. Maybe for, you know, the media, but what what happened here the last couple of days may, may have been, um, you know, big news to some. But uh, there were no distractions. I think you could tell that tonight. Our team was ready to roll. Well, they were ready to roll. Yeah. It's a credit to them and the coaching staff, Taz. But I mean, this was not a made-up story. I mean, the the idea that this did not, <laughs> you know, create or dominate headlines or. Yeah. You know, they weren't thinking about it out there with Mayock and Gruden. I mean, that's a fallacy. He, Gruden could paint any picture he wants. I mean, that was a nightmare for the Oakland Raiders. It was. Yeah, it was. The Antonio well, he, Brown scenario. Right, and you, you, you can't blame Gruden. He doesn't want to add any more oxygen yeah, to true. this thing. But, but but I think it is true what he kind of alluded to. You know, he did keep his team, it seemed like. He kept them locked in. It's tough to keep players. You're not going to keep them off social media. They have to practice. They know. But the point is... These guys on this Raider squad, and thanks to the coaches with Gruden at the helm, 
he kept them in line. He kept them focused on the task at hand. You got to beat the Denver Denver Broncos, and for that, I think you know you got to give. Like I said earlier, you got to give uh, the, the the Raiders a lot of a lot of credit. You know, a lot 855-212-4CBS, of credit. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Eight five five two one two four two two seven is your number to call CBS Sports Radio's toll free line. Brought to you by Geico. Great news. Quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. 15 minutes. Could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Almost, let's go out to California. Talk to Kareem. Listen on 1140 AM. Kareem, what's up? Hey, how's it going, Taz and Moose? Good morning, man. Good morning, Kareem. What's going on, buddy? Up early for you. Yeah. Appreciate the time, man. Yeah, man. I'm at, I'm at work. I wanted to, I do want to apologize for the other night. Man. I got caught up working, and I, I heard you guys call me on, but I couldn't get to the phone, so just want to apologize for the other night, but um, you know, as far as the game uh, last night, it, it was – I got to put a disclaimer out there. I'm not a, a Raider fan. I'm a Niner fan. But, you know, I rock I rock with the Bay. And, and with all the circus, you know, situation going on with A.B. for the last several days, it was good to see them guys come out and, and fly around, man, and just play, you know, inspire football. Uh, you know, I, I like uh, what, what Carr did. It looked like he's, uh, you know, bought into the offense second year in. So I think he's got a – a good, um, you know, uh, efficiency of it, and he, he understands what Gruden wants out of him. And you know, with uh, Waller, man, he had a big game. And, he did, you know, yeah. Waller about the, uh, about the hard knocks, uh, uh, you know, episode. It seemed like they was focusing, focusing a lot on AP and not really the team and whole to really see what type of talent the uh, Raiders had out there and what type of team they was going to put on the field, man. And you know, they touched on Waller a little. You know, personal issues he had in the past, but right. I like the receiver Doss. You know, he's a local kid. They yeah. Were able to fire him back. Yep. You know, he had a, a few, uh, you know, big, big catches last night. So, and it was a big division win. You know, Denver is always a, a tough team for the, the Raiders to, to play. So I was glad to see them get that good division win, man. And hopefully they could get the AB situation behind them and, uh, you know, just have a good, uh, last year in Oakland, man, before they get to that desert. Thanks for the time. Oh, we appreciate well, you, Kareem. Thanks. We appreciate the call. But um, listen, you keep on winning, Oakland Raiders. Ain't, ain't nobody gonna think about the, about Antonio Brown anymore. And 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 it looks like the Patriots they're not gonna lose anytime soon. So his new team, Brown, they're gonna be winning. So I mean, you know, who knows? You know, who knows? I mean, I I think that we'll have to, as a football community, just move on from the AB Raiders stuff. It makes sense to move on. Well, you know? yeah, and. and- until you see, uh, right, Brown starring A.B. Raiders, and no one's moving on away from A.B. when he suits up for the Patriots wearing that jersey this week no, when I they mean, take on the Miami. No, no, I'm not talking about you. I was just making a joke in terms of when he lines up for uh, for the New England Patriots, but you're right, the Raiders are moving on. If you keep on winning, yeah. now they go to the deep end of the pool, they have the Chiefs coming to town this week, <laughs> which is the deep end of the pool. By the way, Oof. just kind of on a strange <laughs> note, this Sunday's Raiders-Chiefs game yeah. will be the last game in the NFL that's ever played on a baseball diamond. I think that's great. I do. I think that's awesome. The the Raiders are on the road weeks three and four, home game week five, bye week week six, road game week seven, eight. Next time they're in Oakland is week nine. Mm. Baseball season at that stage uh, is over. So uh, this week is the last time, which I, I think is kind of a little, from my perspective, a little sad. I kind of like the baseball diamond aspect yeah. on it, <laughs> I on the like field. It I, I, I think uh brings back memories of, of back when it day. was raining and guys in the mud yeah, and, yeah. Jer- dirty and you know jerseys dirty and everything like that. Adds a little bit of intrigue on those long field goals when you're kicking off the dirt, not the grass. I, I'm going to miss it. I get it, but I'm going to miss it. I think it's, I, I kind of <laughs> like it. 
Yeah, I, I like the, the 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 sloppy track part of it. Like if it's raining, yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, but otherwise, I'm I, yeah. I think uh, I've kind of moved past it. I do. I used to like it for sure a little bit more than I did as I got a little bit older. Yeah, I, I'm good with it. I I mean, and it's tough. These guys they're playing on two different surfaces. What plays were on? Oh, well, this place is going to be ran on dirt. Oh, that place is going to be ran on the grass on the yeah. turf. It's a little, but it makes it for an adventure, I guess, no, for fans. I, I get it's it. Like, it's right. just it's kind of like old school. It is old school. It that, definitely that, is old and school. And I'm yeah. going to miss it. But you got one game left. Raiders Chiefs this. Sunday, that's, that's a good test. stat, Mood. I didn't know that. Look, yeah, you're that, bringing that is it. Stat. That's not really a stat, though, right? That's it's not a, a stat. It's a factoid. No. It's a fact. Correct. It's a, it's a piece of knowledge for everyone out there. Who's to bringing take, a factoid? To take you through your day on a Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. that stinks for the Raiders. That I, 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 as I'm looking at the schedule now, too. Yeah, Chiefs. Oh, boy. They're coming to town. Good luck on that one. Well, Let's see what they're about. Who knows? <laughs> maybe they'll stun the world. Yeah, maybe it'll we'll be see. the year of the Raiders. We'll see. We'll see. Just always t- always nasty games. Chiefs and Raiders. Talk about tradition. That's that's gone on for a long time. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, it's always been a nasty game. Oh, yeah. no question. The history teams. there is great. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. All right. Let's get to it. Here's the Pixie and Pile. All righty. It's now time for the pigskin pileup. Taz and Moose circle the wagons around the NFL. Oh, yes. Here we go, baby. All right. Miami, they get destroyed week one by the Baltimore Ravens, right? Reports out of Miami is that their players revolting. They went off. They don't want to be a part of a tankathon, Taz. Here's right. Brian Flores talking about that, their head coach. Yeah, I can't really speak to the accuracy of that one. Um, we haven't received any uh, any information like that, so... Uh, you know, I think, you know, for us, you know, we, we just need to focus on what's going on inside our building and not worry about all the, you know, anything that's going on uh, outside. Um, I think we got to get better from a fundamental standpoint, from a communication standpoint, from a, uh, really overall. And that's the goal right now. Um, I would hope so. And, you know, anything that else that's going on outside, we, we need to. Uh, just focus on what's going on in our, in our building. Nah, but, I mean, it is going on in your building. The, you know, he doesn't know anything about it. The reports that guys don't exactly want to play right. for the Dolphins. That's exactly I mean, that, right. That is in your building. say the same thing you said. I mean, you're exactly <laughs> that's, right. That's not that's, outside. Yeah. We're, not, we're not talking about a new resort going up down in South Beach. <laughs> I mean, or uh, what somebody put up on social media, uh, some Twitter poll. Uh, we're talking about what's going on on your funny. team. You know, are, do yeah. guys want to play for you? Yeah. Are there, is there frustration? Do you regret the tact that you took? in this season, Taz. That's all under the tutelage here of uh, the Dolphins head coach and leadership down in Miami. Yeah. That's all in the building. It's, <laughs> it really is, dude. I that answer made no this sense. Is, he's a new head That's coach. That's why I'm yelling. He, he doesn't have his, you know, he don't have his, uh, you know, he don't have his act together yet. He's a new head coach. Not just his act together with his team, but with the, with the media. Because what he said makes no sense. But, you know, let's give him a pass. He is a new coach. But, you know, listen, he was under the, the regime of Bill Belichick, and that's usually the deal, right? Everyone's going to be a great head coach. Once they coach under Belichick, there's a plethora of them coaching in in the NFL and stuff like that. Uh, you know, the, the prodigies of, of uh, Belichick. I don't know what this guy Flores. I got to be honest with you. I, I don't know. Jury's out for me with this guy. It's not just that his team stinks. I mean, he inherited the bulk of these players anyhow, anyway, anyhow but the, the thing is, man, like, there's just something about him, Moose. I can't put my finger on it. I think he lacks a little bit of a connectivity, maybe to the to his team, which is so unfair to me to say because I'm not in the locker room. But it's just like sometimes you know you get a vibe off somebody yeah. on TV or the radio or listen to them on in, in press conferences. I don't know, dude. I don't know if he's connecting well. 
uh, to his team. That's, well, that's I mean, it. there's not a great history of, I mean, O'Brien's had success down in Houston, but a lot of those Belichick assistants have left and they've not had a great amount of success other spots too. Right. Uh, that's true. So uh, there is that history that he has to overcome, Taz. So, I mean, I think it's a fair assessment when you're hearing these reports coming out of Miami. We'll see if Flores can get on there and improve. How about up to Foxborough, Taz? Antonio Brown, Tom Brady, they took a selfie together. Hopped on social media. Brady on Westwood One each and every Monday night. His interview with Jim Gray talking about his new teammate with Jim Br- with uh, Antonio Brown. When you haven't played with guys, you've got to try to do it as quickly as possible. And the clock is ticking on us right now. This is not the off-season program. This is about real games that count. And we're going to try to spend as much time as we can together and really get up to speed and lock in with what our roles and responsibilities are. Well, there you have it. He uh, said the quarterback-receiver relationship is of high importance. He's offered other guys to live with him. He's going to give him a little bit of freedom and space at the travel, West Coast, East Coast. Could take a lot out of you. Uh, his head is uh, into the playbook, trying to learn the plays, getting set for Miami this week. You know, he's offering up for, for Antonio Brown to live in his mansion for a little while. Yeah. I mean, you know... And you went over to square footage yesterday with, with our guest Bobby Carpenter. It's uh, eight hundred thousand square feet. Right, right, and yes, yeah, so it's a they, small city. It's, exactly, it's a small city in Massachusetts. Uh, listen, uh, look, AB can afford to pay for a hotel room every night. Let's be honest. I mean, you don't need to have the guys stay at your house, but I understand the bond they're trying to build. And we saw this with uh, with Antonio Brown when he went to Oakland. I saw the video. I was talking about it. He's running into the house, into into Derek Carr's house. My quarterback, my quarterback, he's hanging his buddy, he's his buddy. And next thing you know, he buried him. He unfollowed him on social media. And Derek Carr didn't do nothing to him. Yeah. But anyway, so, look, it's kumbaya in New England, right? Everyone loves everyone. They're going to beat the daylights out of everybody. Tom Brady's the GOAT. I got it. I understand. Go Pats! And now Antonio Brown is just fitting right in there. And now, good luck to Antonio Brown if he thinks he's going to be the big man on campus and act like he's running the ship and acts like he's the boss and not the head coach. This is not Tomlin you're dealing with here. You couldn't get away with it with Gruden, and you're not going to get away with it with Belichick. That's for sure. It's not happening. Right, and and I think, I hope that someone, he has the understanding, Taz, that this is it. Uh, he's got to be mind his P's and Q's and, and uh, not create any kind of disturbances and distractions because they'll get rid of him. Yeah. They don't need him. No. Uh, they, they could be successful offensively without Antonio Brown. They're not desperate for him, Taz. They're looking to just add to the arsenal uh, with Brown. We'll see if he's indeed on his best behavior. I think if you had to take a guess or a prediction, Taz, I think he is on his best behavior this year. I'm afraid to answer. <laughs> I'm afraid we to both thought opinion. he would be on his best behavior in Oakland, and I'm that was saying. a disaster. He didn't play a game for the Raiders. <laughs> but I'm with you again, just like I was when we talked yeah. about the Raiders and him. I'm going to take a shot on this one, too, with you. I do think Rosenhaus has let him know. Maybe close family members have let A.B. know. This is it, my man. You, your, your public perception stinks. Yeah. So you really, you've gone beyond building a brand for yourself and you know being polarizing. If you want to play football, still, you gotta, you gotta fall in line with the Patriots. And 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 I think he's going to. I'm with you. All right, let's head out to Cleveland next. Taz, how about Freddie Kitchens? It was a disastrous opening week for the Browns. Forty-three thirteen loss. Eighteen penalties. Well over 180 yards. Taz. In those penalties, sloppy play. Baker Mayfield, three interceptions. Uh, Mr. Southern draw it all. Uh, here is Freddie Kitchens. Cut nine, Connor, on the Browns' loss. 
What we have to refrain from doing right now is overreacting. It's uh, one game. We're very disappointed in the lack of discipline that we showed, the loss of composure that we showed at times, just overall not doing a good enough job from a coaching perspective and a player perspective to get wow. the job done. Well, now, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to throw in one more cut here from Kitchens. Here, where do the Browns go from here? We're going to continue to make corrections and how we prepared from a discipline standpoint and a lack of composure standpoint. I think that put us in some bad situations that we weren't able to overcome enough of those situations and put us behind uh, in the game and ultimately out of reach because of those things. Well, Coach Kitchens, the reason why that happens is because you let some of the big stars on your team uh, believe the hype too much, and you've probably fed that a little bit. I mean... And and all off season, I mean, and I bought in too. I'm like, man, good luck oh, playing the, I'm just the Brown the man. Sinker. Forget about that. Yeah. Oh my God, with Odell and Mayfield and Juice and Chubb and Joku, and then you come out and there and Baker Mayfield, Swagger Jones. He's a hot shot. He's a gunslinger. He's a tough guy. He's he's this. He's that. And then they stink. So uh, we'll see. I do think they got a lot of talent, and hopefully Kitchens can get them back lined up and get get their act together a little bit here. Um, because they have so much talent, but defensively they got to figure something out there, and they got some good players there. But gee whiz, man, they just looked lost on Sunday. Lost. Oh, it looked terrible, Taz. And it, it's uh, it's interesting. I, I would say the general vibe and feel for the Browns. Last year they went from last year they went to the team that was they were easy to root for, easy to get behind. Right, right. They've been a doormat. Now, there's no soft landing spot for the Cleveland Browns outside of Cleveland because I think the majority of people are bothered by Beckham, Mayfield, the whole act, Kitchens to an extent, Taz, the general manager and Dorsey, the whole act coming out in Cleveland as defined as they are that, you know, they're no longer that team that's easy to root for. They're a team that a lot of people outside of Cleveland now, or if you grew up a lifelong Brown fan and you're living someplace else, that becomes the easy team to root against. Right. Um, which is a change, and they, they feel like they can deal with it, Taz. But, you know, it's not a case where, you know, you're kind of la- laughing and joking. There were people that were ecstatic that the Browns got their, their rear ends handed to them on Sunday. Yeah, I was a little bit happy. Um, I was, because I think they needed that humble pie. And and I have no dog in the fight. Like, I have nothing against them, against the Browns. I've never had, was a Brown hater. I've never was a, I'm indifferent about the Browns. But I was like, you know what? You know they're annoying, and 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 they and they rapidly became rapidly annoying, and so it's like that's why I think a lot of people outside of Cleveland, like I'm feeling like, man, am I like all of a sudden this huge Tennessee Titan fan? Because I wasn't, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I I feel like this is what they needed. They needed to get swatted in the face a little bit um, to humble humble them, especially Baker. Yeah. Hopefully it happens. I mean, hopefully it happens, and we'll see if they can bounce back. Something we chatted about yesterday, the right. the humbling of the Cleveland Browns. We'll see exactly how humble they are as they face uh, the New York Jets next, Monday Night Football, and what is a fascinating matchup of two 0-1 teams. There you have it, Tuesday edition of Pigskin Pileup. We're going to be joined by, uh, we should be called Linebacker U, because Steve Diasi is going to join us next. Uh, former NFL linebacker, NFL analyst. You see his son, he's a member of the Giants, long snapper and the like. Uh, Steve Diossi will join Taz and myself next. We'll run around the National Football League on a Tuesday morning, CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. 
It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose, coast to coast, pillar to post, on CBS Sports Radio. All right, Steve Diossi is going to join Taz and myself here momentarily. Talk to a former NFL linebacker, NFL analyst here. Uh, Bogish is in the house. Happy face at all. What's up, Andrew? Hey, yeah, you noticed the smile, huh? Yes, I did. my friend Taz Very cheerful, today. yeah. Great to see you, buddy. Nothing but nice things thank to you. say. Yeah, thank you, Andrew. Thanks, my, no, no, yeah. no. Thank you, guys. No, thank you. Okay, fine. They led 14-3 at halftime, then 21-10 in the third quarter. But then the Texans were down six in New Orleans last night with 50 seconds to go. So Deshaun Watson went to work. Watson looks it over on first down from the Saints 37. Here's the snap. Deshaun firing downfield. And he's got a man. Stills. Touchdown, Houston. Oh, my goodness. Mark Vandermeer on Texans Radio. Houston back in front after going 75 yards in two plays. Kenny Stills, a 37-yard TD grab, but there was still 37 seconds for the Saints. Three Drew Brees completions, then a 58-yard field goal from Will Lutz as time expired. When you have Drew as your quarterback, all I cared about was getting ready for the kick because I knew with 37 seconds left, there was going to be a chance to get a kick there. So the Saints win 30-28, snapping a five-year losing streak in Week 1. Game 2 last night, fairly routine. The Raiders held off the Broncos in Oakland 24-16. One touchdown pass from Derek Carr, two rushing from rookie Josh Jacobs. We have already discussed the NBA's vendetta against ninja-style headbands. Now it's the NFL's attack on wristwatches. The league has spoken with Odell Beckham Jr. about wearing a watch during Sunday's game. That timepiece might have been worth as much as $350,000. The NFL doesn't have rules pertaining to jewelry, but does prohibit players from wearing hard objects during games. Jaguars QB Nick Foles officially on IR with his broken left collarbone. The earliest he can return now is November 3rd. The Eagles say D-tackle Malik Jackson suffered a significant foot injury Sunday against Washington. Further testing to decide how long he'll be out. Meanwhile, Redskins running back Darius Geis reportedly dealing with a meniscus injury in his right knee. He missed last season with a torn left ACL. Historic offense last night in Houston. First pitch, and Torino's drills it deep to left center field. Going back as Brown looking up. See you later! In the Hall of Fame alley, a two-run home run for Torino's. The Astros' third home run of the inning. And it's 6 to nothing in the first. That's Robert Ford on Astros Radio. Houston went deep a record six times, scoring 11 runs over the first two innings. They thumped the A's 15 nothing. Now, if you go back into Sunday's 21-1 destruction of the Mariners, the Astros scored 32 times over nine consecutive at-bats. Their final seven on Sunday, their first two last night. Those 32 runs over nine consecutive turns, the second most since at least 1900. The Yankees eliminated the Red Sox from the AL East contention with a 5-0 final at Fenway. Boston won the division in the three previous seasons. The Cubs snapped the three-game skid in San Diego 10-2. They remain two games ahead of the Brewers for the second NL wildcard. Milwaukee an 8-3 win in Miami. And Lynn Swan resigns after three years as USC's AD. New school president Carol Fult thanking Swan for stepping aside while she builds her own team. Guys? All right. Thanks, Andrew. Uh, Steve Tiasi joins Taz and myself now. Steve, good morning. How are you? Steve, what's up? Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? 
Uh, doing well, Steve. Uh, you know, I guess the first uh, thing would be, you know, you're up in the, you know, the greater Massachusetts area. Reaction <laughs> to, you know, Antonio Brown now being a Patriot. Well, it, it depends on uh, who you ask. If you ask uh, the overwhelming majority of Patriots fans up here, they're uh, they're now excited about it. If you ask them uh, a week or nine days ago, they would have been like, "By no means, we want that cancer <laughs> in this in this locker room." So, you know, like like a lot of fan bases, it's it's relative to uh, to what's good for your team. I don't think I don't think very many people could have conceptualize the idea of, of Antonio Brown being uh, with the Patriots, so it was, it was easy to, to dismiss it uh, if you're a Patriots fan up here, and, and uh, a lot of people did, but when he landed it was uh, like, alright, well the, the, when when they look at it and, and step back a little bit, even the fan, a lot of the fans will say, alright, well let's see how this works out. Let's, the, you know, Bill Belichick has dealt uh, with problem cases before, and has had success, and he's had failures. I mean, he's had some guys that, uh, you know, nothing that's destroyed the team. But uh, you know, he's—you can't just say that. Oh, Randy Moss was great, and Corey Dillon was great. You got to look at guys like Albert Haynesworth and uh, a number of other guys that came here and couldn't turn it around. So yeah, it's you know, in a moment of uh, football passion, uh, uh, Patriots fans were like, "Let's get after it. Let's open it up." Uh, and then when they sit down and relax, they're like, "Well, let's just hope this doesn't affect the locker room." Well, Steve, let me ask you, you know, and you you understand the locker room better than anybody, uh, how it works at the elite level. So how is this going to work? I mean, I mean, and then do you think it can work? You think A.B. can stay in line? And there's enough leadership on that team as opposed to veteran leadership, I think that I would assume would keep them in line. You think it comes down to players policing him, making sure his social media antics don't act up, or does it go right to Belichick? Like, you know, bring us yeah. behind the scenes how you think it would go down. Well, it's uh, you're absolutely right, though, about uh, about the locker room being the one of the biggest factors. And I, and I remember coming from uh, a Dallas locker room uh, back in the late '80s uh, that was uh, uh, was toxic and terrible, and then coming up to the Giants locker room, and it was the exact opposite. It was uh, uh, it was the only thing, that, the only divisiveness in that locker room in the Giants was: Are you working uh, as hard as you can to help right. win a championship or not? Uh, and that was the only. Uh, that was the only factor involved in whether you were accepted in the locker room. And, and, and a lot of that is you see the same thing at the Patriots right now. These guys uh, understand what Bill Belichick is capable of doing, understanding what the coaching staff is capable of doing, and they also understand that they have a role in it too. And there'll, there'll be a, a lot of that uh, stuff in the locker room where guys are – and you're not sitting there you know, getting up in a guy's face saying, you do this, you do that, and you're – you're doing a number of different things. You're leading by example. You're talking about things. You're, you're exposing guys uh, that may have never been exposed to what uh, what the Patriots locker room is like, and then showing them the uh, uh, you know how you know how much fun it can be and how uh, enjoyable it really is. And yeah, is it hard work? It sure is. The, you know, Bill Belichick expects his guys to work real hard, but uh, it won't. It'll never be to be successful. It could never just be one thing. It can never just be. Bill Belichick laying down the law. It can never just be a couple of uh, captains, you know, getting in Antonio Brown's face. It has to be uh, an overall effort, and and it will come from the top down. And, and that starts with Bill Belichick, and and then uh, uh, it transcends down through the assistant coaches and to the team. And, and a few other guys will step up. Guys like Tom Brady will uh, step up and maybe uh, lend a hand a little bit more. But uh, yeah, it's it's never going to be just one factor. It's going to be a, a group effort if you if you bring a guy. 
of that kind of talent uh, into uh, into the fold and expect it to be a big part of the success. Well, Steve, if you had to make a prediction, do you think it works? I I would predict it does. Uh, it's uh, I think that uh, once you get around a situation where it's not tolerated in the locker room, you know, you guys know that the locker room dictates a lot of the way the guys. Yeah. Guys think if, yeah. if there's a, a locker room that's dysfunctional, then it's easier to be dysfunctional. If there's a locker room that's not, uh, then you, you 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 stick out even more. You know the the, the thirty seconds to a minute of sound bites that we've heard from Antonio Brown every time he decides to go off is, you know, is a small part of his day. You know, and and uh, you, you get a full day of football, and and, and it's a, it's a lot of work, and it's a lot of study, and it's a lot of being around guys uh, that hopefully have an influence on you, and and. Uh, and we've we've seen what the Patriots can do in terms of uh, of winning, and and you know if Antonio Brown wants to win, there's a formula up here, and, and uh, I would hope that he buys into it. Uh, you listen to Taz Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Our special guest right now, Steve Diossi, former NFL linebacker, NFL analyst. Steve, so taking up, uh, staying on the topic, I should say, of the Patriots. So, I mean, man, they 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 beat Pitt. They beat Pittsburgh thirty-three to three. I mean, smoked them. I mean, just smoked them. Brady looks like he looks like he's twenty-six years old. I mean, it's unbelievable. Um, are they going to lose, man? I mean, I, I mean, they got Miami next, which is going to be like a scrimmage for them. You know what I mean? So, I mean, break it down. What do you think is going to happen throughout this year? I, I don't know if they can lose. What do you think? I, I they. I mean, yes, of course, of course they can. We know that. But uh, did have you seen a team? Especially now, uh, if Antonio Brown's for our reason, uh, uh, conversation earlier, right. if Antonio Brown can step into this situation and and add to what's going on, mm. uh, that that's a tough team to stop. But I'm, I'm sure Mahomes and Kansas City will have something to say about that in terms of uh, uh, what what transpires in the uh, in the AFC. But uh, again, offensively, it's a stat. It could be a very stacked uh, offense and defensively. Uh, they seem to have a pretty good secondary, better secondary than they've had in in, in a number of years, and and that's going to allow Belichick to dial up some more uh, blitzes. It's going to allow a lot more flexibility. If you've got players uh, uh, that that can do a number of different things, uh, then now all of a sudden you you your, your creativity is is expanded that much more. So I, I yeah, I think they can. I think they can have a fantastic year. The idea of going. Undefeated. I mean, it's just so rare. I just can't. Right, right. Couldn't see it happening again. There's, there's going to be at some point where they uh, stub their toe or whatever. But you know, and then, uh, but then, you know, who knows? That you look at their early schedule, and they could be, you know, four and oh, five and oh, six and quick. oh. And quick. Yeah, quickly it could happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then when Gronk comes back in week seven, it's, uh, <laughs> it's even worse. <laughs> that, yeah, he better uh, put some exactly weight on. Right. He better gain some uh, weight. Get in the weight room. <laughs> He would, he would. Well, he won't have to. He won't have to take the hits because everybody else will be out there. No, but <laughs> true. It's, it's uh, uh, you know, it's it's conceivable, but the, uh, it didn't really work out for him last time they went undefeated during the season. So right, right. They, they might. They, they, I think there's probably a taboo talk about here. It's a taboo to talk about the under the almost undefeated season. Right, uh, Steve. You know, you know, toxic atmospheres. Right. Uh, you mentioned how you were in a, a toxic uh, locker room down there in Dallas. What about what reportedly is going down in Miami right now? Uh, number one, I mean, you've been around and known the NFL for a long time. The approach that the organization has taken to this year, and then the reports out of Miami are that there are a number of guys that don't want to be a part of it. Well, 
I, you know, uh, I, I understand both sides of the equation. I understand what uh, Miami wants to do. Miami decided they have to, they're going to clean house and rebuild from the, from the ground up. And they're hoping that uh, with Brian Flores, they can catch some of that uh, Belichick magic and, 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 uh, and, and that magic is every bit as much as the X's nose as it, as it is building the team. So I perfectly understand what Miami is, is trying to do. And, and, uh, you know, I hope, uh, Brian Flores is a good guy and, and I hope uh, uh, he's there on, on the other side of it. Uh, and now for the players, you know, it's it's a tough situation. You want to, as a as a football guy, you want to say, "Hey, suck it up and play the game and and do the best that you can." But you know, you look at it and you, and you realize that uh, it's a a short career. Uh, B, oftentimes you're uh, you get paid uh, with a successful team better than you will with a team that's uh, that's floundering. You know, like that. So guys. I completely understand it, but I, I, it just still irks me uh, to hear things like this, that uh, the guys are sitting there in a the locker room looking at each other saying they want to get out of here or I'm done with this or whatever. It's just, I've seen that. I've seen it in locker rooms, and, and it's, it's a terrible feeling. There's no way to approach the game. And, uh, uh, and when it happens, the problem is it's easy to expand. It's easy to fester. It's easy to, uh, to just get in there and start to – Getting, you know, getting your uh, your little uh, what did uh, Parcells just call me? Your little, your little bitch circles where you're you're moaning about this and you're whining about right, that. Right. And you know it's all you're doing is moaning and whining. You know, not for nothing. You can moan and whine all you want. You still got to go out there and earn your money on Sunday. And if you're if you're sitting there whining and moaning about everything, uh, there's an easy chance of getting hurt in that situation because it's. But you're not going 100. Uh, you know, if you don't go 100, no. what happens, right? <laughs> no, I, and and and. I, I, I in, in a completely, I don't know, mercenary way. I understand what the guys are thinking. You know, you know, they you have a short career. Your opportunity and money is a very small window, and uh, guys that win make more money. And and uh, I get it, but I don't condone it. I don't appreciate, it, and I can never imagine uh, thinking that way. Uh, putting on my helmet, going out to play a game. Uh, Steve, uh, a final one for you, and that would be in, in terms of. Uh, when you look at uh, you know when you look at Brady uh, and Taz Hintapana as well, um, you know back to the Pats here for a second. Yep. Do you do you marvel at you know first off? I mean, he looks like he's twenty five years old, right? I mean, it's amazing where he is physically in his early forties. It it is he is a, a modern day marvel even at the quarterback spot. Hey guys, I could tell you that, but I'm on my way to step into the TB12 Academy. Whatever it is, he's doing <laughs> in, that, in that place. All right, I'm, you know, I'm uh, sitting here. I, I played uh, two rounds of golf over the weekend, and I got sore ankles, and I can barely walk around. And I'm sitting here looking at Tom Brady at 42, uh, looking like he's 32, playing like he's 28, and and just tearing it up. There, there's something to it. Whatever it is, uh, it, it works for him. Now, does that mean it works for uh, for everybody else? But uh, pretty soon, you'll you'll see when when this when this stuff starts rolling. You've seen it already. Uh, you'll start getting uh, other guys to pay attention to it and see what happens. There's there's, there's something different here. We're not uh, you know. I mean, and all credit to a guy like Drew Brees, who's just a few years uh, uh, behind him. But whatever he's doing is working too. But uh, Tom Brady seems to have a formula, and and uh, he he likes it so much he wants to share it with with everybody else. I I haven't seen anything like it. Take the truth. I've seen. Guys in the league close to that age that are kind of hanging on, but you know the other part of that equation is you're not over the last ten, eleven years or so you're you're not allowed to beat up the quarterbacks like you used to, and guys uh, 
uh, like Brady and, and Breeze, they don't have to take the beating that a uh, an Elway or uh, Montana or uh, even well, you couldn't get to well, Marino. Marino Marino's guys, yeah, right, right, you couldn't right. get him to him quick enough to get a beat. Right, right, right. Ball quick, but yeah. but you know, there, there's something there's something to say about that. You're not you're not taking those uh, those hits that these guys uh, that uh, guys just one generation before this took. So uh, that helps too. And I'm not I'm not sitting here telling you it's all the TB12 method. It's uh, it's partially and the, the owners are right to do it. You're protecting the. Uh, in most cases, the face of the franchise, and and uh, you got a lot of you got a hundred million plus invest in the face of the franchise. Why would you let a half million dollar defensive end uh, uh, ruin that uh, the, the take him out from the season? It doesn't make sense. So yeah, there's a combination of things. It's what he does, how he trains, how he approaches the game, how he studies. I think that's the vast majority of it. Uh, but whatever, and I think a little bit of it is uh, is the fact that uh, it's a safer league for quarterbacks now. Hey, Steve, we appreciate the time this morning. We do. Have a great Tuesday, and we'll chat soon, all right? Steve, thank you. Guys, thank you very much. Thank you, man. Steve Diasi, longtime NFL linebacker, son now with a member of the Giants, uh, uh, NFL analyst, giving you a good feel, and that's a good point. I mean, you can't beat up the quarterback like you could 15, 16 years ago. They're not taking all those unnecessary hits, Mm -hmm. which take a toll on your body. We'll come back. Uh, A little Taz and the Moose Fantasy Football Week Number 1 update. We'll get into that next right here, CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. All right, Taz, week one in the books, and week one of our fantasy football league is in the books. You had a successful week vic- one victory, right? Uh, yes, I'm very happy. Over uh, over Bradley King, right? You beat- uh, yeah, uh, Bradley King. Down in uh, South Carolina. Yeah, South Kakalaki. Yes, uh, Bradley King. That's okay. No, I, 122, I, I, 105 victorious. Yeah, I, I got hammered my opening week. I, got, I lost by... Let's see. I lost by thirty, nearly mm. forty points. One thirty four ninety five. I'm surprised you got a good team. You had the first pick too. But I uh, did. Barkley did his job, and Matt Ryan did his job. Not much else. Not uh, much. Jacobs else, yeah. had a decent game. Right, right, right. Uh, no, Denver, Ebron. Not a, not a good week. But uh, but you had a successful week. Who else? Uh, Wu Tang Clan. Well, that's victorious. That's your buddy Pete Gas. Pete Gas. That's Pete Gas. Yeah. Celebrating. What's he celebrating? Of week one victory. Oh, oh, I thought he was celebrating. So I don't know. I thought something else. No, happened. a win. A I know win. you guys talk every day. So no, I, just... I do not. <laughs> I, have to, I haven't talked to Pete in a while. How's he doing? He's doing all right. I, I avoid him. No, he's doing okay. What, where? Why can't I find the standings, Moose? Where's the standings? What am I doing wrong here? Where are the standings uh, on this freaking thing? I can't. I don't find know. The I was just oh. going off. The standings are right below. Okay. You just go down. Oh, all right. I right see. Below so, the scoreboard. so, gotcha. It says standings right there. It says standings yes, right there. Awesome. Perfect. Right. That's a layup. That's so, it. father and son, Mikey B, uh, he's in first place. High watermark and scoring leader after week one, 162 points. He wins. C minus. Right. They don't know what they're saying. Besides podcasts, we know what else Mike does well. Oh, there it is. Uh, so, Mikey B, you got uh, speakerphone Jones. You and him are doing this together. Yeah, that's uh, my How's son. that relationship? That's so far, so good. It's only week one, but so far our relationship has been fantastic. <laughs> Everything's going well. We've communicated well. I'm very happy with the way things are going. Are you becoming friends outside of the Fantasy Football League with speakerphone Jones? I would say yes. Wow. There you go. Oh. So he's not haunting you like last year. 
Like, uh, who was in last year? The guy who was in our league last year that Chan just Man. talked. Chan oh, Man. Chan, Chan Man was yeah. a haunt. Chan, Chan Man just likes to talk smack. That's his gimmick. Well, you know? Mike couldn't take it after, like, week two. Well, that's what Chan does. He yeah. beats you down. He I just, fell he, for it. That's how he is. <laughs> he does. He beats you, beats so, you down. He's actually a super quality guy. And... He is a big supporter of this show more than you know. Like on social media, oh, no, 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 he I'm promotes. Not saying that. I'm, I'm just uh, yeah. He promotes the hell out of the show. I him, was just saying he was, those guys, Mike so. was Mike was basically was tired of the trash talk. Was, oh, I don't think it was just me though. I think it was the entire group yeah. that had an, had had it. Chan Man was the Michael Irvin. That's his of gimmick. The fantasy football league does. year one. He did that on my show when I was daily. You know, we would do competitions. He would just. Man, he would beat people down. That's his gimmick. He just will wear you out. But Mike, you're in first place. So Mike's got Gass is in second. You see, Mike's got Philip Rivers. He's got seventy two Dolphins. Sam, he's a he's from Miami, so he's a big Dolphin guy. I'm not happy that Sam's in this moose, and I blame that on you um, because you're the one because of the whole Syracuse connection. You put him in there. I did. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't just me. It was a group decision. Sam's uh, a good guy. You know, he is a good guy. He doesn't belong in our league. And, and you know, I feel like I was put on the spot. And I want to get Michael Thomas from him. He's got Michael Thomas. Talk to him for me. No, stop. <laughs> no problem, Taz. We come back. We got the three for you. It's Taz of the Moose on a Tuesday morning right here. CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.